It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. TPV. TPV Radio, Central Texas. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Cover your cough or sneeze. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. And remember, you're safer at home. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by Live 365 and this station. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go! That's right, family and friends. It is the hottest radio network on the planet. TPV Radio have an all-star lineup just for you. Sunday, TPV Reloaded at 2 p.m. Monday, it's The Grub at 12 p.m. The Reality Coach at 6 p.m. Tuesday, Victory Over the Weights of Life at 6 p.m. Friday, The Caribbean Pepper Pot at 8 p.m. Saturday, Brother Down presents at 4 p.m. Men, let's talk every first Friday of the month at 4 p.m. TPV presents by appointment only. Coming to you on June 6th, it is our Saturday Buffet with Lorraine Brown at 12 p.m. Walk with me. Let's go. At Majel's Products, we care for a better you with our handmade natural ingredients to give you healthier skin, body, and stronger hair. Like our face. Hair and body care products. To order yours today, please visit our website at www.majowsproducts.com or on Facebook at Majows Products. Get yours today and get your faster results without breaking the bank. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Quite like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. The following program will change the way you think and lead you to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Listeners, discretion is advised. You're, you're, you're listening, listening to Cell Life with Michael Savalos right now on TPV Radio.
are here. It is day 95 or 96 in a year-long experiment into personal transformation and educating society on the different issues that convicts face inside and outside of the walls. Uh, if you're not familiar with our show, we have built a cell in the – well, let's first, – first let's give uh, – let's – Let's give honor to who we're here for. Let's, let's, let's go ahead and pray in, everybody. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the, hip, in the name of Jesus, Lord, just thanking you for all the, all the great things you are doing, Father, for us, Father, and all the different ways that we can't see, Lord. Father, we thank you for allowing us to come together to uh, communicate and share a message of hope and change, and we just thank you for the platform, Father. And we just ask that you come first and that your will be done, whatever we got going on. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, this is Michael Ceballos, and this is Cell Life. And uh, I was released from prison on January the 17th of 2020, this year, and uh, built a cell in the free world and uh, signed on a personal commitment for one year to work on a personal transformation and a slower, a slower transition, kind of a ashram, if you will, kind of a seclusion for growth, uh, kind of separation to kind of get myself together before I actually walk back into the uh, actual uh, real world because I've been in and out of prison, if you don't know, for the last 40 years. So... Anyway, with that being said, this is Cell Life. We are an unconventional ministry, and we have a great show uh, prepared for y'all today. We have some wonderful, wonderful women who are great friends of mine and associates and colleagues in this fight of, uh, for freedom, uh, for humane conditions, for uh, a pay uh, for the convict for these different things that will eliminate certain hardships on the families of, 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 of people that are incarcerated, their children, their wives, their husbands, their mothers, their fathers, all these people across Texas that are tied into incarceration. So, okay, I want to go ahead and introduce my panel uh, uh, and I call them my panel. They are my friends, and uh, some of them, some of them I've known a long time. Some some of them I've known just a short time, but I believe that I, I feel like I've known them all my life. So anyway, uh, we have a couple of our uh, fellow, our family, are going to be on the show today, Miss. Miss Dorothy Patterson, the reality coach, who is uh, one of my spiritual advisors and who actually uh, uh, made it possible for me to come down this path into even uh, uh, having a podcast. She, we connected one morning and and we stayed and we stayed connected since then. And she asked me to come on her podcast, and uh, that is how I uh, basically. That is the, the that's basically it. Uh, uh, she allowed me to uh, speak 
and and I got my own little podcast, and it's kind of cool. And I got Dorothy on mine now, and I love that. It's kind of the whole uh, what is it? The whole 360 deal. The whole uh, and I love her so much. She's my uh, sister in Christ, and uh, so I'm very honored to have her on the show. Okay, we also are going to have another family member who just recently uh, joined us uh, on the sh- on, on with her own podcast on the family on the the Psalmist. Uh, Voice uh, TPV Radio Network. Miss Sandra Grace Martinez will be with us. I'm not sure if she's with us now, but she will be with us here uh, sooner, uh, hopefully sooner uh, than later. But uh, she will be on with us as well. And uh, uh, Miss Sandra Grace Martinez is a uh, she's an ex parole officer in special needs parole, and she is also a clinical therapist. She's studying for her PhD. Uh, she is a. Uh, she worked in the legislature. I'm. Um, um, she just. Her resume is just. Uh, is just kind of uh, out of control. So you can. Uh, I will post it up on my. Uh, on my uh, timeline so that you can see it. It's. It's. It's very lengthy, but it's very. Uh, uh, it's. It's a very nice one, and uh, I'm appreciative that she comes on the show. This will be her third appearance. She kind of has like a residency with us, and I am very grateful for that. So we have her coming on. So we have our third guest and uh, panel member is going to be, and I know this is a long introduction. Y'all just bear with me. We are going to get into some, our, our topic today is bridging the gap, and it covers so many different areas of, 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 of this particular plight of incarceration, of separation, of, of tearing families apart. I mean, it, there's, there's just so much that bridging the gap when we're talking about this particular uh, 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 genre or, or, or arena of, of, of ideas that uh, is going to be nice. But let me go ahead and uh, uh, introduce also Miss Randy Lockhart who is a very good friend of mine, who I have shared her story on my live Facebook show. Uh, we have a live Facebook show that we do every night at 9 p.m., except for today, Sunday. It's my day off. I do my uh, podcast with my family, The Psalmist Voice. But anyway, we got Randy Lockhart, who is an extraordinary person to begin with, uh, uh, and who has endured... Uh, some uh, some things that have really really came close uh, to my heart because my son has gone through a lot of the same things. Thank God, thank thank you Jesus. Uh, I don't know if I shared y'all. I shared this on one of my Facebook shows or on a uh, on the podcast. But my son for Father's Day told me no, I, we weren't on. So he told me Happy Father's Day. For the very first time ever to my face, and I think it was ever because he was a child when I went away and uh and I just cried, I cried all day that day uh they were happy tears uh and I spent the day he came and spent the day in in cell with me yesterday, him and his girlfriend, which was really cool uh they came into cell. And we just chilled and talked, and we worked on different strategies 
on it and what we need to do going forward. So he is a confidant of mine and a very uh, active member in Cell Life. So uh, hopefully we'll have him on the show soon. Anyway, he's my son. His name's Elijah Stiles, and I'm one of the proudest daddies in the world. But let me tell you about Randy Lockhart. Randy Lockhart. Uh, this is this is what I want to this is what I want to tell you about her, and this is what she wants me to tell you. She says, I am a daughter, mother, and wife of an inmate. My story started almost at birth, my father's first trip to TDCJ in 1980, and from then it was a revolving door until he passed away, property of the state, in a nursing home. My husband has been on the same path started in 1990, 1998 and now on a LWOP sentence. And if you do not know what LWOP is, it is an acronym. It's L-W-O-P, and it is an acronym for life without parole. It is a very, uh, it's a very definite sentence, so uh, it's hard to, hard to work with. I also am a mother of an incarcerated child who is currently awaiting sentencing in the federal system. I have always advocated and helped others forget or others get through the struggle of prison from the outside. It is disheartening to me that you don't have to go far to counsel or advocate. No groups needed there is someone no groups needed there is someone around every corner effect, affected by incarcerations and we all need guidance and support. That is my girl Randy Lockhart, man. I cannot wait to speak to y'all live. I got a couple of more introductions. Y'all are some amazing women. And uh, uh, I, I I cannot wait till we get this thing going. Hello, all of y'all. I'm almost done. I'm going to go with uh, uh, Lauren Nicole Bird Moreno, who is also an advocate and a very close confidant of mine on a lot of different issues on my show, on different things that we're working on together. And uh, we want to share some of those things today. And she is a great person a young, smart uh, person that has been affected by incarceration who has taken action. And uh, she says, uh, she says, I am a mom, a waitress, a student in nursing, married to a man incarcerated in TDCJ and working on advocating for those incarcerated and impacted by the criminal justice system. And that is a very, very, very modest uh, description of who Miss Lauren Nicole Bird Moreno is. Uh, she is so much more than that, and she is a dear friend of mine. Uh, just through, we've never met. Well, we have met person, but uh, we have never. Uh, you know, we are just very good friends. We talk almost daily, and I'm so proud to have her on my show. Thank you, Lauren, for being on. We got one more, Adriana Prince, who is a. Uh, who I've probably known longer than anyone on this panel uh, today. Uh, she is an ex-correctional uh, officer. Uh, she started in TDCJ, in, and and I and I I spelled her name wrong on the uh, on our flyer, and I've apologized to her. And it is Adriana. It is not Adrian. So it is Adriana Prince, 
but she started in TDCJ in December of 2006. And I was already on the unit when she started. Uh, she made sergeant in June of 2010 and uh, left the agency in 2017. And I just want to add that is cur- she is currently uh, involved. I'm not sure if she's married or I know that she is involved with a gentleman who is incarcerated. So, But she is a very good friend of mine who has been a dear friend of mine since day one. She has always been uh, good to me as a CO, which is a correctional officer, and as a sergeant. And I am uh, proud to have her on the show. She is a dear friend of mine. We used to watch Jeopardy together. I used to beat her all the time. Uh, but, uh, you know, she's, she's all right. She's, uh, she's a sharp individual, a sharp young lady. And so that is my panel for today. We might or we should have another gentleman coming in who is an active, active correctional officer who will be coming in maybe uh, uh, maybe in a few minutes, maybe 30 minutes into the thing. He is still at work at the prison as we speak, and uh, we'll be getting off and calling in. He is a very dear friend of, of, of Cell Life, and we communicate almost daily. He helps us, he helps us in different ways uh, with our things, but we cannot disclose uh, where he works, what, what state he works in, and uh, and really not just just not too much of uh, what he does because he is an advocate of uh, change as well. And but he works for the system and we just want to protect him in every way. So anyway, he'll he he'll would be coming on as well, uh, and he can uh, give his name when he comes on board. But anyway, so that is what we got going on. It is about bridging the gap, and uh, I want to know from each one of the ladies that I have on the panel uh, of what exactly uh, would bridging the gap mean to you if you could explain it to us and and just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, uh, you know we are going to uh, start uh, backwards to forwards from our introduction. Uh, so uh, we're going to start with uh, Adriana Prince. Uh, if you would just kind of tell us, uh, uh, you know, about yourself, how you came about uh, knowing about cell life and uh, uh, what, what exactly you would like to convey to the audience and the listeners today. Uh, go ahead, uh, Adriana. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Thank you so much for being on the show. So yeah. Okay. So we're talking. So we're talking about bridging the gap. Uh, you know, none of this is rehearsed. So I just kind of want to hear what that would mean to you uh, as uh, being on both sides of 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 the coin or the fence or whatever, or just being on two two sides that are different, not necessarily uh, different sides. But anyway, I, I, I would just like to hear uh, what your explanation and just tell us a little bit about yourself and why you wanted to come on the show or why you agreed to come on the show. Um, so a little bit about myself. Uh, I agreed to come on the show because, like Mike said, we have, like, we've known each other for 10 years. I mean, the first time 
I actually got chewed out at work was from Mike. Um, he probably don't remember it because uh, <laughs> he did. But the first time I got uh, legitimately chewed out in prison was from Mike, and um, even that made me change change my perspective and how I and how I um, quote unquote manage defenders. Um, um, throughout my time with the agency, my opinions changed. I came into the agency just to do a two year stint, you know, to do a two year little bid, do my time and go. Um, at the end of two years, my, my situation changed and I got so. Um, sure, sure. Because <laughs> what, what is it? You got to do two years in order to maybe be a uh, police officer or something like that. You have to. Is that well, what? You, was that your original plan? No, my my original plan was I was a hairstylist by trade. Um, I loved my education. I, I loved to do hair. I loved getting up every morning and going and doing hair. Um, but my husband at the time, we had a lot of debt, and he's like, hey, if you go get this steady full-time job um, at, with the state, we can pay off this debt and wah, wah, wah. And so at the end of two years, <laughs> we were getting a divorce. And I was stuck, and he married a doctor, and so um, I got stuck. Right. But you know, I'm not mad at him. You know, he's got he's got beautiful babies. Yeah. He's got a good career. You know, I mean, we still talk occasionally. So I mean, I wish I, I wish nothing but the best for him. I have no ill will towards him, but you know, you you can look at every situation in your life and be like. Oh, this is this is the breakdown. Or you can look at it and say, well, this is what I learned from this moment, and I can do that now. In the moment, I, I wasn't cool with him, but now I'm cool with him. Well, that's good. We have to. Uh, we definitely have to be able to communicate with our spouses or ex-spouses uh, because of our children and whatever else we got going on. Yeah. Um. Like you, said, you asked, what does bridging the gap mean to me? My my biggest issue yes, with um, that I would like to see is better hiring standards for the agency. That is something that I advocated for the entire time I was employed. Um, better hiring. Standards. Elaborate on that a little bit. Um, you can't expect somebody who graduated from high school last week come in this week and have the full mental capacity to tell somebody what to do with their life and not expect them to get a power trip or get warped. Sure. Over time. You can't expect that. Um, I would say 21 needs to be the hiring minimum. Um, They've been out a little bit. They've seen some things. Maybe they're not living up underneath their parents anymore. Um, they, they've had an opinion. They've had different life circumstances. Um, but I definitely think 18 is too young, for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that that that, that age gap and plus the uh, the uh, power, because you are given a lot of power as a guard. Uh, when when it doesn't matter when wherever you are, you either got the keys or you've got the uniform. And you can, you can, uh, you know, you, you, you basically, you have, you do have the power. Uh, people yeah. are trying to stay out of trouble, you know, and it's just a, uh, but I just, you know, I, 
I want to say on the air, live, live on cell life, okay, to you, uh, Adriana, Miss Prince, uh, that uh, I really appreciated uh, the way that you treated me. Uh, I appreciated uh, uh, some of our uh, conversations. And uh, I appreciated the fact that you were a good loser at Jeopardy. Man, so okay, look, we're we're gonna have to just set the record straight. We're gonna have to do like a Facebook Live, like one day at Jeopardy, and like just just settle this score. <laughs> you got these folks thinking that I'm just losing left and right, and that was not the case. Look, look, look! It's so. my story, my show. You got my best. I think I won. I think I really think I won more. It's probably well, we never did official school, so. But yeah. anyway, look, look, I really, uh, 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 I want to continue to push this conversation forward yeah. about how we can bridge the gap of just of just understanding what families and inmates alike go through, men and women and their children. Oh, man, there's so many, so many uh, 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 variations or, or, or there's so many things that, 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 that we can look at and talk about how we can make better as far as incarceration is concerned. Adrian, I'm going to move on for a second to our next uh, panel member, but please stay on. We have a large conversation and if you have something you want to share that comes up, uh, please uh, feel free uh, to uh, speak up. And that's any of y'all. Anybody that is that is live right now that has something relevant to say, uh, please uh, speak up. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna move on to uh, Mrs. Lauren Nicole Bird Moreno, who uh, is uh, probably uh, one of my closest confidants right now as far as how we are moving forward uh, uh, with uh, advocating, because I don't know. I'm a convict. I am, uh, I'm an ex-convict. So, uh, uh, and, and so I'm learning, I'm learning the ropes of, of uh, advocating, okay? And I'm learning most of them uh, really from uh, Lauren. So, uh, Lauren, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I don't know if, good, if uh, I'm the best person to learn from, but I'm trying. I'm trying. No, no, <laughs> no. You're doing a great job. Let me go ahead and give your introduction, and I'll get right back to you. Okay, Lauren says, uh, 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 I'm, I'm a mom, a waitress, a student in nursing, married to a man incarcerated in TDCJ, and working on advocating for those incarcerated and impacted by the criminal justice system. And again, uh, uh, I, 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 I think that, again, that is a very, very modest uh, explanation of who she is. And uh, so uh, did I already read all these? <laughs> I think so, uh-huh. yes, I think so. I did, Maybe. didn't I, Lauren? Yeah, you know me, Lauren. Yeah, yeah. You already know I get lost in a heartbeat. <laughs> Uh, 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 but anyway, okay, Lauren. So look, I'm just gonna let you take the reins because because you, you're really much better at this than me. But uh, uh, tell me oh, about Lord. what you got going on, and tell me about 
what you think is or what is your most important uh, uh, piece of, of what you would think about bridging the gap? What does that mean to you just in general when it comes to uh, uh, advocating and uh, trying to get people to listen to your message? Um, well, okay, so a lot of this I, I kind of I, – Okay, so when you're dealing with with people that are impacted by the criminal justice system, by um, even police brutality or being in the foster care system, I mean, any of it, you know, you've got a lot of people that are hurting. And that, that's the root problem for a lot of these issues, um, whether it's because they can't help their loved one or because they were affected by violence or or one, any of those, you know. Um, but sure. the, I haven't been at this for like an insane amount of time. Um, I'm still I'm still really trying to learn as much as I can. Um, but in this period of time since I started trying to be proactive, um, it went from what what I've noticed is that we're all everybody kind of thinks of like oh them like the other group you know what I mean like so like for people that are advocating for their loved ones that are incarcerated a lot of times uh-huh. they point the finger at the the prisons or the the correctional officers or whoever um, and and vice versa. You know, and a lot sure. of times they have a reason why. You know what I mean? They've either been hurt by somebody from the, uh, you can't see my fingers, but I'm doing quotation marks, the other side. Um, sure. But what it really all boils down to is if you set all these labels aside, um, correctional officer, advocate, um, any of these labels, if you set Inmate, them convict, prisoner, right. any of them. Yeah, exactly. And if you set all that aside, then you realize that what it really boils down to is we're all human beings. And we we tend to take on those labels, and if people don't line up with those labels that we have stuck in our minds, then we kind of we're against them because we, we see bad apples and we think that the whole group is negative, and sure, that's not sure, how it works. Sure. I mean, oh, I, know, I can attest to that. Know, it sounds like this is a Christian show, so I'm just going to say it. We're all children of God. Um, we're all yes. God's creation, every one of us. And so I feel like a lot of bridging that gap is setting aside these labels that we have for each other and that we have for ourselves. You know, just because somebody may have hurt us along the way does not mean that everybody else needs to pay for it. And if we can pull together and not fight each other, you know, I know that sounds really, I don't know, cheesy, but that I think that's the bottom line. No, 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 that 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 is absolutely true. And me and you have talked about this a lot. You know, we... Yeah. You know, we... We as humans also, you know, whether no matter whether you're a convict or a free person, 
we tend to, uh, uh, you know, look at things, uh, you know, however, however we choose to. And, and, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I think that if we came together on some common ground, we like to look at differences instead of similarities as humans. And if we just started looking at the similarities, we could maybe build something that could actually uh, make some change. And that's, and that's what we're trying to do with cell life. Uh, that's what we're trying to do with other uh, organizations that are working in this in this particular uh, arena of uh, prison reform, uh, advocating uh, whatever whatever it is uh, you want to call it, uh, social injustice uh, reform, uh, uh, all those things. Uh, you know, I just uh, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward. To working with you on the uh, or being there with you, period. On July the 11th, uh, we have a mm-hmm. rally, a protest going on at in Tennessee Colony. Is it, uh, Lauren? Yes, yes, it's going to be in Tennessee Colony area. Um, we're going to be uh, near the unit. Um, where the plan for right now is to start out near the Beto unit down the road from Beto and Gurney. And to get our meeting place together, get everybody ready, and proceed caravan style, carpool style. It's less exposure. Um, people don't need to be, get you know they don't they don't have to worry so much about the social distancing or COVID. Um, so it adds a level level of safety to it. And there's we have at this point we have um, I, we had a meeting today, and we know for a fact that right now we have at least 11 states that are going to participate. Um, and we're going to put together a live feed um, with everybody on it. And hopefully we'll be able to get some chants together and have the whole country chanting together. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited. Excellent. Excellent. I'm excited too. I'm really excited about yeah. that. And, uh, I know that uh, uh, you've done a lot of work and a lot of really good work on putting this together, and uh, I, I I just really uh, I want to commend you and I want to thank you for just uh, uh, sharing with me and being on the show today. I want you to stay on. I'm going to move on to the next guest, uh, the next panel member, but uh, please stay on, Lauren. We still have a long show to go. We still got an hour and a half, and we have a lot of stuff to talk about. So uh, we'll have. I'm going to give you a set of questions at the break, and we'll come back and we'll talk about them. But I want to introduce uh, Miss Randy Lockhart. Uh, how you doing, Randy? Hi, I'm fine. Good, good. I appreciate you coming on today, and I appreciate uh, all the support and uh, all the uh, uh, sharing and teaching that you've given me on a lot of different subjects. And uh, I asked you on the show because you're, you, you have an expert uh, experience in uh, several different arenas of incarceration. And so that makes you a very rare uh, commodity as far as I'm concerned because you have some knowledge uh, that, that – that that I uh, that I admire, 
and that I want to learn from. So that's why I asked you on, and I'm just really happy that you came on, and you're a joy to talk to. Another a very good friend of mine, uh, Randy Lockhart. Again, we're talking about bridging the gap, and, uh, you know, uh, I was talking to Randy one day, and I asked her what, 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 what should the topic be for the show? What do you want to do? And she said, uh, why don't, uh, what about uh, bridging the gap? And I'm not sure if she expounded on it. I'm sure she did. But I said, yeah, okay, so we're going to go with that. So that's what we did, and that's what it is. So Randy came up with our topic. And so now, since she did, I want to hear what she has to say. The floor is yours, Miss Randy Lockhart. Well, to me, I think bridging the gap is important on several levels because the offenders are so disconnected from society that they need a connection with not only their families, their kids, they need connections with the guards because if they don't, they just feel like separate people, like they're they're not really important in this world. And I also think that in order for our guards to learn how to connect with the inmates, they don't have to be friends, they don't have to play Jeopardy together, even though I think she whooped your butt, but anyways. Um, uh-huh. They don't have to play games with them. <laughs> they don't have to do anything like that, but... I was talking to a chaplain, a regional chaplain, the other day, and he said to me, if we could just get the CID, the section of TDCJ, and the program section of TDCJ to work together, we could bridge how they interact with the offenders, which is very important because if they're treated like dogs, they're going to act like dogs. If they're treated like sure. they're worth something, they're going to act like they're worth something. Um, I've been doing this my whole life, and unfortunately my dad and my husband both um, are very hot-tempered, and if they are treated like such, they're going to act like such. Um, my husband said the other day, they're treating us as like animals, and when we start acting like animals, then we're going to all be caged. It's, it's plain and simple. If they get the respect, they give the respect. Not all of them, but a good majority. I also think if they had more connection with their kids, had more interaction with their kids' lives, had more ability to communicate quicker with their kids. They would feel a bigger part of their family's life. And and, and I think that would also affect them getting out. I mean, we all know TVCJ is not good on reform, but, and the recidivism is high. But I think if they could feel like a part of society, even from the inside, when they get out, they could be a proper part of society and stay out, and their recidivism would go down. I think that, you know, they could be better parents when they get out, better employees. I, think I, I, I don't know. I absolutely think that we we definitely need to work on – maybe that needs to be something we need to talk about more, Randy, you and I, and Lauren, and all the other people that we're working on on these different ideas, is the communication between families. I mean, if it is the child – you know, you should be able – I don't know. We should have some type of video, especially with COVID going on. We need to have some type of video mm-hmm. chats going on. This is 2020. This is not, you know, 1960. We do, but Texas – but we've talked about this before. The Texas Department of Criminal Justice is not in 1920. We're in about 1900, and their computer system is not equipped to handle – the video visits that other states are. Now, supposedly there's in the works that they're 
upgrading their community, their system and, you know, I'm going to talk about video visits, which I think is important. I also think that other states have emails back and forth that they can, sure, instead of sure. us just sending JPAYs, we can email directly to the offender. It can all be monitored. Yeah. It can work. But TDCJ has to technologically come up to date. And until yeah. that happens, I remember. I remember when, when, when JPay first came out, when uh, my wife used to write me, she could, she could purchase me pages so that I could write back. You know what I'm saying? And that went uh, on yes. for a little while. And then when I went back to prison this last time, my sister tried to pur- – or she did purchase some pages, and I never received them. And I'm like – so I asked about it, and they said, oh, we don't do that no more. But there's, but I don't know if they're still offering it now, but they no, were they still offering it at that time. And it's like they don't even offer it on some of these units. I don't know if they're offering it at all. No, they don't. But they're charging um, for it. Yeah, it's a, it's a control issue. TDCJ likes to be in control of every aspect of every part of their system, and – I think that's a major reason why we're so far behind because computers mean that somebody else can monitor them and that would be a problem in my opinion. Well, 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 we got you know what, Randy, we got a lot of work to do and uh uh you know uh you know we're uh we're up for it. We're up for it. I'm up for it. Uh you know, uh there's there's definitely we're definitely again uh coming up against a machine that hates to uh, change, uh, even if they know for a fact it would make things better. So, this is so that's kind but of what the we're up against. Need to change but, are, uh, yeah, the, go the ahead. Things, the, the way we're going to change things is through legislation and through voting the correct people in. Um, and I mean, we can rally until we're blue in the face, and I think those rallies do work. However, for the bigger obstacles, technology, all that stuff, I think those changes have to be the right elected officials um, because they have to okay the budget, and we can't do that by ourselves. We have to have somebody in office that's going to give us the budget to do the things that need to be done to facilitate communication between offenders and their families, to facilitate, you know, maybe a counseling program for children of inmates because – as I told you before, you know, being a child of an inmate, you don't understand when you go to that prison. I said in my story that it looked like a kennel, and that's the only thing a child can understand. Like, that's their perspective. My dog, my dad right. is like a dog in a kennel. And yeah. so I think that in order for all those things to change, we have to have the elected officials that are going to help us get the programs that we need. And that cost yeah. money and we need their okay. I remember that I remember when my son was probably three and a half years old. I had just gone back to prison and uh I was on the uh I was on the Wallace Pack unit in Navasota, Texas. Uh and uh he came to visit and there was nothing for him to do. I mean there were no books, there were no colors, there was nothing he just had to sit there, and he better be good. He could sit with me, but he's a little boy, and so I decided to fight. Well, not really fight. I just asked about if we could, 
you know, if my wife could donate some books and some toys and some stuff for a visitation. This was years ago. This was a long time ago. And so, uh, so I filed grievance after grievance, and my wife called these people, and you know, raised, and we, and we finally got to where uh, we had Bibles, and we had a few uh, coloring books uh, uh, before uh, I left that unit. Now they got a, now they got a lot of stuff, but I remember when they had nothing. But I just want to say that it's very important. You know, I wanted to read with my son, even though. Even though I felt so, I mean, inadequate because of what I had done to my family, I still wanted an opportunity, a two-hour or a four-hour opportunity to try and teach and maybe just give my son one thing, maybe one thing that would help him along his way. And so visitation and communication – is absolutely important, and uh, you know I try to uh, you know I love on my son today uh, you know now, and he's he thinks he's a grown up and he is, but uh, uh, you know uh, he don't like me kissing on him and hugging on him and stuff and you know and uh, that's just what kind of dude I am man that's that's my boy uh, uh, and I I didn't get to do a lot of that stuff so but anyway so yes yes Randy absolutely. Uh, we need to work on those areas. And look, anybody that wants to work in any of these arenas that we're talking about, any on any of these issues, if you have ideas, uh, uh, message me on Cell Life. Message me on uh, TPV Radio, uh, Radio Network, uh, uh, on the Psalmist Voice. Get me on Michael Savios on my Facebook. This is all on Facebook. Hit me up on TikTok. Hit me up on my uh, uh on my uh, uh, YouTube channel. We want to begin to start a conversation that could possibly start a movement of change. And I'm not talking about nothing that is going to uh, benefit men in ways that are so luxurious. I'm talking about just humane conditions so that we can get these men out because about 95% of them get out at some time or another. So we want these men to come out as best as they can so that we can have a better society. We can have a better Texas. We can have a better community. We can have better fathers, better families, better children. All these things will just be benefits. Um, I, I, I don't understand the logic of not, of not helping and doing these things. Randy, thank you so much. Please stay on the line. Uh, we got a long show again. I'm going to introduce uh, the next uh, panel member, my great friend. Uh, thank you, Randy. I love you. Uh, my great friend, Dorothy Patterson. And uh, Dorothy Patterson uh, is one of my uh, spiritual advisors. She is my sister, and uh, I miss her. We haven't been communicating that much Lately, so this is going to be our first communication in a while, and I just want to say I love you, Dorothy. How you doing? I am awesome, awesome, awesome. How are you, brother? I'm good, sister. I'm good. I'm good. I, I have missed. I'm not even going to tell you. I ain't just want to tell you, tell you, but I have missed you. 
I know, I know. Well, you know, the situation with my phone and, and I just lost all of my contacts and I've been so busy trying to get my head back together because I've become so reliant upon my cell phone and now I'm realizing that I've got to put pen and paper back to use. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, so and Dorothy, I, uh, uh, again, you're the one that uh, 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 connected with me and allowed me to uh, go on to your platform and speak about these different issues because of your connection with incarceration. And we've talked about that. We haven't talked about it on cell life, but, uh, but I know, uh, but I don't know. Uh, uh, Dorothy's son was incarcerated for 10 years, got out of prison and was murdered. And uh, she has even more of connections with incarceration and uh, she is the reality coach, and she is one of my greatest friends. And I just want you to kind of talk a little bit about your story, Dorothy, and uh, tell me uh, how you see, because I know you've got a beautiful perspective on bridging the gap, uh, uh, however you see it. I just want you to talk about it. The floor is yours, uh, sister. Well, thank you. First of all, I, I just say I give God all the credit and all the glory for my life. And in spite of what I've been through, it has taught me a lot. And never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that I would be one that would have to be on the front line to fight for people who have been incarcerated or, 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 that are, who are incarcerated. And what I learned about the word gap is it says for me, God allows pain for a purpose. And I know that my purpose now is to help see, one, that they process cases faster. Because it seems as though even though they go in, they may not may or may not be guilty, but they take so long in order to process the cases. It's almost like they're, stop, they're pushing, they're punishing to push innocence, innocence or guilt into a plea. I mean, it's, it's really right. sad. The process takes so long. And if you have what you have on someone, on a potential um, a, a potential person that has committed a crime, go ahead and process sure. them through. Do not make them wait 18 months, two years before you process them. And, and, and it seems like their, law, their right is being violated. According to the Eighth Amendment, they set some of these bonds so ridiculously high. They set the bond so ridiculously high that an that someone, an average person, can't even begin to make the bond. And that is not what the amendments say. I mean, our constitutional amendments state that bonds are not supposed to be set so high that an inmate cannot afford to make them. It is not used to be used as a form of punishment, which that's exactly what they're doing to so many that are sitting there waiting for trial or those that are innocent some of the innocent people are sitting there and they know that they're innocent, but then they sit there so long, they're mentally decapitated. By the time they get ready to go sure. to trial, they can almost come and offer them anything and they will be willing to take it because they're tired and they're ready to get back to their families, back to their children. So they're using sure. everything to mentally decapitate innocent or guilty people. Now, if you're guilty, that's one thing, but according to the law, you need to be punished according to your crime. It is not, it is not our duty before they if, if a judge does not convict and sentence it is not the duty of anyone other than the law 
are the lawyers or the people that are put in the position to do that. We're not supposed to be that's doing right. that. And that's exactly what's going on. And then the second that's thing right. I would love to see is a program put in place for a potential guard to live like an inmate before they become an officer. And the reason why okay. I think this will be oh, okay. so important. Okay, cell life. Cell life. We can put yeah. them in cell life, uh, Dorothy. Exactly, because this will give them an informed ideology of the mindsetting of an inmate. They will know whether, and especially that those that have never done anything wrong and they're thrown into a cell and their life as they knew has been stripped from them, let them see so that way they will know how to potentially handle the people that they're getting ready to become an officer over. And that will keep them becoming so callous. And it will also let them know that, hey, I was treated inhumanely. I was innocent. Everybody sitting in these behind these walls is not guilty. And if they are guilty, some people go in there on a, someone may went in there that was a, uh, addicted to a substance. They went in there on a drug, a, a, a usage charge, but they're put into the same cells as people who are there for murders that you know murdered people, that you know have done things beyond beyond the human human the human concept the human mind sure, wants sure. to have a heart you know yeah put hey, in there hey like i have that. had i have had look i've had some 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 gruesome some gruesome sellies i mean i ain't no big dude i ain't no mm-hmm. big dude i i can take care of myself but i mean i've had some dudes that like i mean you know these are some bad characters man Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like I'm non-aggravated, uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 doing everything I'm supposed to do, and they put this dude in here with me that's happening. Mm-hmm. And 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 look, and I'm not talking about everybody, so I'm just telling you right. about my experiences a couple of times. So I don't want, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not talking about. I'm just talking about they put this dude in here who can really, if if he wanted to, overpower me. Mm-hmm. You know, these you know, they're they're just there's just a real, real crazy way of classifying uh uh inmates here in Texas. That's another show though. Now but me and Dorothy, we have talked about what what you spoke about earlier about the the disparities in uh bond uh bond, the uh the lengthy time that they're holding you in jail the tactics that they use to pressure you into uh, pleading out your case just to just to get away from that particular situation. They might even look, I've even been in positions and seen where they will put someone in a tank with a dude to just whoop just to just to, you know, co- constantly harass him the 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 the, the jail will. Mm-hmm. 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 It is about making him want to get away from his situation, so he'll plea out exactly. or whatever. Exactly. I've seen some gruesome tactics. I'm sorry. Now, right, and 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 the reason why I'm so passionate about this because, like you said, I had one son that went to prison, and I turned my son in thinking that the judicial my naivety thinking that the the judicial system would work the process properly, like us that are clueless that don't understand the system didn't realize it was so fragmented until I had a child involved in the system. My son did what he did. That one did that. 
Now I have another son who's sitting in Dallas County on a bond that is just outrageously ridiculous. Now this son, I, 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 I don't know who they're talking about. I have no clue who they're talking about because this one is a degreed individual, homeowner, family man, great kid, never giving me a moment's trouble, but yet you're stating that you have all of this evidence. Why is he sitting there so long? Let's roll. Let's go ahead and do what we need to do. Let's go ahead. But they're mentally trying to beat him down in order to punish him, to push him into a plea, because if you have done what all you've done to my son, posted him all over national TV, and yet he's still sitting there with this type of evidence, there's no need for it. Because I know one thing, when my younger son, when he got into trouble, they knew he did it. He was there. He, I turned him in in May. By October, he was gone to TDC. So when you have what you have, it does not take this on the process somewhat. That's so right. It sure don't. To, sure don't. Are you trying to you know, ice him? And, and in plus, order to what's make the him, deal with the speedy trial? I mean, you know, we have all these laws in place, but they, use them, but they use them how they want to. Exactly. They and, don't and, use and he, them and, and, according to and, to the law. And you're absolutely correct because the son that is there, he has a degree. He's a, a degree from an Ivy League school, graduated cum laude. So that means he graduated right. top percent of his class. So therefore, right, he right, knows right. what to do. He's filed all the speedy trial motions. He's done everything he's supposed to do in order to get a speedy trial, but it's, uh, it's null and void. And now that corona has hit, they're even delaying things even more so. Because for one, you've made the mistake of airing this young man on national TV the way you have, and now you're trying to, it seems to me, you're trying to push him, punish him to push him into a plea so you don't have a suit waiting on you. And that's yeah. what they've done what? for so many years to so many inmates. And I'm, I'm literally, I'm literally tired. And then the last thing that I want to say that I would love to see in place, and I know I can get long-winded because I'm so passionate about this, and it angers me to you know. You're good, you're good, babe. You, you're good, Miss, Miss Dorothy. Okay, the last thing is teach inmates the methodology of mental change, not physical change. To physically try to change someone before they are mentally informed creates a vortex of mental madness. Absolutely. So what I mean by that is Amen. they want to, they have officers in there who are just brutes who have been, I think a lot of them, is, since they haven't went through this class that I think that they should go through, a lot of them, not all, but I know my younger son, he came into contact because he was 6'5", so he was, and a black man, he was intimidating just by his stature, but his heart was so genuine. He just fell into the wrong path. He was taught well, but, I mean, I can teach him to go somewhere. If he chooses to go nowhere, that's on him. So he chose to go nowhere, although he came from somewhere with someone. So my thing is with that, I saw how they physically put guards, physically had my child in handcuffs. I didn't see it, but I had someone send me a and let me tell you, when God has a purpose for you, he's going to always cover you. He's going to cover you. I was kept in the know because what happened is my son, I hadn't heard from him, and I was trying to get in contact with whomever I could. So what I couldn't get him, so I went to what I, what, what, what I need, normally do. I go to the Negro. I, I become the Negro, K-N-E-E-G-R-O-W. I got on my knees so I could grow in knowledge about my son. So it wasn't three days later, Amen. I got a letter in the mail 
from an inmate who said, you need to sit, come down here and check on your son. The guards have beat him up. That's why you're not hearing from him. Right. Now, you, now I, I, that sent me into that mama, that mama bear mode. Don't mess with, don't mess with, don't mess with my kids. Don't, I don't care. Don't what mess with baby. Still mine. I still love him. I turned him in because if you do the crime, you need to do the time. So, needless to say, the guards had brutally beaten up my son. They had him handcuffed. They gassed him. They beat him up. And then they put him in there without medical care. So I ended up calling and getting someone, getting an officer, a captain, and I will say his name because I, I, Captain Fuller was his name, down on yeah. the women's unit. He, call, he told me on the phone, I said, well, I'm a mother, and I know that there's a certain way that you guys have to do what you got to do down there because you're with some people who don't care. You're with people who don't care about being there. You're with people who don't care that they are there. Well, I care about my son being there because I know what I put in him so he wouldn't go there, but he just chose to do it. So as his mother, I need to know what's going on. This was the rudest, insensitive man that I've ever dealt with in my life. Now, I, oh, yeah. I, 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 didn't, I didn't call with an attitude. I didn't call with, the, with, as they say, the attitude of someone who thinks their child is perfect. No, I did not. I called and I said off the, from the beginning of the conversation, I am a mother who knows that you all have to do what you have to do in there. I just want to know what's going on with my son. I've gotten right. a letter and I read him the letter. And this man says to me, well, he is in prison. I said, sir, I understand. Let me give you the number I called. So you'll understand that I understand where I called. And then let me give you your name so you'll understand that I know who I'm talking to and the facility that I called and got you on the phone. So needless right. to say, he was so rude. I mean, he was he did not care. And it's so sad. And that's why I feel like if you worked there far too long as an officer, you, it's just like in any profession. It's like when a doctor, after they've had to say someone has lost their loved one so long, it's almost like they have to practice on how to be sympathetic. But then yeah. there's no sympathy. They become empathetic, and there's a big difference. So when you work in a jail for so long, you're around all of this craziness, you need to do some, get some mental evaluations yourself. I would say the guard. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is definitely there is definitely a tie-in between mental mental uh, uh, you know mental issues for, with with uh, correctional officers and inmates alike. I mean, there are some statistics that hopefully Tyler, my boy, will be coming on here in a minute. Will be uh, he's got some great statistics on the different effects. He's a correctional officer now at this very moment. And he's a friend mm -hmm. of still life. Uh, uh, you've seen him on the uh, on the show, uh, Dorothy. But uh, right. uh, he's a great uh, great friend, Dorothy. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna move on hey, uh, to the next to the final guest. Uh, please stay on if you can. Uh, we're going hey, to have a small had discussion the after the break. Michael, All right. I think you got somebody All right. one time hey, in real quick. I'll be you. quiet. Uh, 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 talk to me. Holla at me. Hey, Mike. Okay. Well, 
Yeah, yeah. Who's this? Hi, Sandra Grace. Hey, Sandra Grace. I was, yeah, I was fixing to say, yeah, Sandra Grace, let's go ahead and hear your perspective. I don't know if you've been listening in, but we are talking about bridging the gap. And, uh, uh, of course, we saved you for last. Uh, Sandra Grace has been on our show. This is her third time, and we're very grateful uh, to have her on. And uh, I just... I just really want to kind of hear uh, the climate of things right now on how you see see it, uh, Sandra Grace. And also just, I just want to hear your professional perspective of of what you think we could do better. That's not real difficult. Just what, what, what can we do better? in our criminal justice system to to help men and women you know just just be better citizens just give them a a head start bridge the gap if you will i don't know uh the floor is yours ma'am i know that you are going to handle it and uh i appreciate you being on and thank you so much and go ahead well, thank you for having me again on your show, I guess. My name is Sandra Grace, and I am a mental health care professional, have a license in the state of Texas as a licensed professional counselor. I was also employed by the Texas Department of Criminal Justice as a parole officer for several years and worked at the Texas Legislative um, Senate as well and worked for Child Protective Services. So I've had my taste of working uh, for the state and the good, the bad, and the ugly. And in this particular case, I think that uh, I, I think that stories are, are often unheard because it's about stating um, th- there's a lot of components to this. So in order for us to bridge the gap, we have to be more informed. And I always think knowledge is power, but acting on that knowledge is absolutely where we are empowered. So knowledge alone isn't going to help. I can talk all day long. I could, you know, write a book about this. I can write a dissertation about how to address uh, systemic issues uh, within our justice system, including that of the incarcerated. However, if that knowledge is just, it, it sinks in that there's no action behind it, then it's empty words. Not bad and nothing or two nothings, as my dad used to say. So what one, I believe, needs to do is to create, create synergy with the right people that have the right mindset, not out of hatred, not out of, of vindictiveness uh, or retribution, but out of pure, pure justice. Uh, wanting things sure. to be uh, justified in, 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 in terms of how people are, are, are uh, how a person is treated from the inception of a, uh, an arrest. So even if it's just a detained, being detained, because being arrested and being detained is two different things. And then it goes from arrested to, you know, possible, you know, it, it, 
court and then it just goes on and on and on and on. And so, you know, I, I think that I highly underscore that not everybody in prison needs to be in prison. I highly believe that there are people incarcerated, one, wrongfully, two, because they had to choose between a plea bargain uh, or saying that they're innocent, but it it just seemed better um, at the time. 80% of all cases that end up, or incarcerations or or, um, uh, charges that are convictions, even if they're deferred adjudication, their plea bargains. And so you sell your soul. You do, because once you get that on your record, even if it's a, you know, um, a deferred adjudication where you probably did not go to prison or go to jail, uh, it still sticks with you forever. You won't be able to find a job working with kiddos. You won't be able to work with um, elderly. Um, it's there for a while, depending on, on what the charge is. But sure. I think that power in numbers and power in money has always been the two. That's the, the, the two uh, heads of our legislative system and which. Sure. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. It influences the, um, how uh, business can be conducted, how systems will be changed, how statutes will be, uh, statutes will be modified, legislative statutes will be modified and or uh, if they're going to add um, more uh, teeth to existing uh, statutes um, on the state level. So the, the way to, these are the and things, I always... These are the things that I really enjoy. I don't know, I, I, and, and I have shared this with, with, the, uh, with the Psalmist Voice radio audience, uh, that uh, Sandra Grace is one of my mentors. And it's because of the knowledge that she, well, not only that, it's not just because of that, uh, but it's because the knowledge that she has that I want to gain inside of these particular uh, uh, places that we can actually begin to make change. And she knows how to do it, and that's what I need to learn, and that's what I want to be a part of. So go on, Sandra Grace. I just wanted to share that because I really, really, that is that is a part of when you speak, really, really, my ears just just want to listen because that's what I want to learn how to do because I know that de- it's definitely in numbers and it's definitely in money, but I believe that we can do it. We are, there are more of us than them. And I Absolutely. know, and I don't mean to put it like that because it's not. That's not what I'm saying, but there are more people that have been affected by incarceration in Texas than have not. So why cannot we why can we not come together and in numbers, as you were saying, and with a with a correct message, with a subtle uh, message that will allow people to listen uh, that will but anyway, Anyway, I want to hear more. Talk more, Sandra Grace. I'm sorry. No, I, I'm glad that you mentioned those things uh, because they are, you know, they're they're germane. It, it's important to know that there is actually a way to be uh, proactive 
And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have boots on the ground and go to your Texas legislative office and, and raise holy heck. Um, not at all. As a matter of fact, you know, one can uh, find a lot of things about what our legislature is doing just by watching it on the Internet. Um, I, I am very fortunate that I get to stay home, uh, hunker down since March. I knew that this was going to be a ride uh, when, when my son's school said they couldn't go back. Uh, so I've, I've um, been able to stay home. And, well, uh, my dad didn't raise uh, you know, someone that, that is just going to twiddle their thumb. So I went ahead and started looking at what mm-hmm. current laws are being presented on the Senate floor, uh, and that's the United States Senate. And or Congress, and so I'm looking at that, and there's not a whole lot going on. Um, it's very sad. It's a, and I I videotape myself watching these folks, uh, you know, on in the committees uh, or on the Senate floor because they spend most of the time talking about everything other than you know uh, the incarcerated. And I mean just because there was a bill on the on the, the committee uh, about incarceration and COVID and management uh, of, of the uh, of the. Um, I want to go. Spread. I want to go talk. I want to go talk. Well, at, at well get this. Well, I, I, I'm, this is where I'm going, brother. So just hang on. So <laughs> I'm okay. listening to this, and you know, I'm not going to go to Washington. You know, that that's that's not where I want to be right now. You know, I. I don't think that it's going to be the, you know, the best thing for Texas incarcerated um, right. problems or incarceration problems. So how can we uh, move forward and build, again, that synergy needed? Uh, and this is the time. This is the time, you know, to talk and, and have a conversation about change that has been the word of i think this year you know i mean my my son says that and he's 13 things need to change and so this is the time so of course here on the state level if you michael Savayos, if you or anybody that is listening has a a complaint wishes something was was different, wishes that uh, something was enforceable, whether it's at the uh, judicial level, and by that I mean the court, arresting, uh, from policing to arrest to incarceration to, and I'm talking about county, from county to state, if you go to state jail, which is a horrible thing, and then, or, you know, to go to prison, Texas prison, you know, or or safety, you know, uh, and there, if anyone has a, please write it down, send it to Michael Zavallos, because yes. we can actually change the law, and that may sound like, no, it's not that easy. Well, I, I, I have been cutting teeth politically for the last two and a half decades, and I have been on the Senate floor, and I've been in committee at Texas, and I have sat in front of a microphone in my face, and I have said talk, and I talked and talked 
and I could, until I couldn't talk anymore. And I am proud to say that out of the 14 bills that I brought before the state of Texas, all all 14 were actually they, they passed the the house the the committee, they passed the house floor, they passed the senate committee, they passed the senate floor. They went all the way and got signed by the governor, with the exception of one, and that's because it had a fiscal note of a million point. Um, so that fiscal note at the time was what killed the bill. But it is, uh, they did, and that was because I was trying to get uh, women, uh, I was trying to help hospitals get reimbursed for taking pictures and swabs of women that were raped and of those swabs and sit there for a while and we don't have the money labs and oh yeah there's so a huge is, problems huge yeah, problems so they're backlogged and i right so i went in there and so they call it an unfunded, unfunded mandate so in a way it was a victory because it's there it's just unfunded and so in right. other words we don't, they're not going to put any money but that's okay because that is perfect I love the fact that it's unfunded because all I got to do is put on the ground again and say, I think we can find the money for this. You know, I think, and this is, yeah. you know, or can we allocate at least half a million dollars or can we just do this, how much money it's going to cost. And so it gives me, uh, you know, it gives me standing. So that's what I ask of your audience. And I ask of you, Mr. Tobias, that please, and I know you don't want me to call Mr. Tobias. So Michael, <laughs> just, I uh -huh. know that I am on your side. I am on the side of, of you know, uh, proper uh, treatment. Uh, I am for the things that, you know, most people would think, oh, she is a hug-a-thug type of person. And it's, it's, it's not that. It's not that. It is because I've seen the injustices. Whoa. I've been part or party as a parole officer of thinking that, you know, what I was doing was right at the time, but honestly, I was just setting up my parolee to fail. And, you know, I, I, I couldn't be part of the problem anymore. I stood up and became part of the solution. And this is the solution. So the solution is getting ideas of what it is that one wants to change. And then we put something together, literally, we put a bill together, which is what I do. And then I go and find uh, someone uh, that is willing to take the bill on and then they find sponsors. And then before you know it, there, we, you know, there are people come in and say, yes, I am for this bill. And there, there's a, and because they know me and because I, I know several people in the system, uh, in the, in, in the legislative system, uh, I tend to manage my bills. Well, I babysit my bills every day, every day. I want to see where my bill is. And they have to keep going right. and going and going. So I think that we have we have leverage right now because of COVID uh, and the spread and the lack of um, you know, resources. I think we have a lot of leverage right now, and this is the time I to, think so too. to do what's right. Yes, I think, I think you're this right. Is the time. I absolutely think you're right, Sandra Grace. And there's a lot of things that a lot of really simple things 
that 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 we can ask that will make such a big difference in just the way that men and women are uh you know treated not and and I'm not talking about just treated by guards I'm talking about treated just by the system in general you know where they're and 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 I'm going to tell you what drives me crazy also audience and Sandra Grace and all the panel is that there is just no uniform system in TDCJ. It can be one way on one unit and absolutely different on another unit. I've been on 33 units, and every one of them operated differently. Now, there were some core, some really core uh, 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 basic uh, foundational rules but I mean, they just bent them and 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 used them however they needed to, and and I I I I don't know. I just think we need oversight, and I don't know. I don't want to get off. I don't want to get off track as far as bridging the gap, but uh, I do want to say that uh, I really really appreciate your expertise, Sandra Grace, in these areas, and I would love to try to push a bill through. Uh, that would, uh, you know, that would truly make a difference. There are so many different things that I would like to do. I would have to really, really just uh, take take a look at, uh, you know, we would have to ask. We'll have to ask what is the best thing that we need to tackle. And uh, Right, even if, if, if we if, can if, just come up with, you know, one or two, uh, I, I think that uh, it's, it is a time now to do so uh, because here we are in the summer and I'm able to start reaching out to our legislators in Texas and start feeling their pulse on a certain bill or matter. And so if I start now or at least before November, because November is when you start putting the bills in, November is when bills start being uh, lodged. So, or put in the hopper, as they call. So at least I know who I can, who I cannot, you know, go to. So I think it would be a great social experiment. What? Because I'm a mental health care provider. So I would love sure. to partake in this social experiment where we have you, your podcast, the folks that, you know, uh, to let, listen to you. Uh, and and people that have something to say and share their stories uh, and passion stories, I I want to use the synergy created to to see if change can be possible. Because my overarching goal is that for if nobody else, uh, Michael Ceballos knows that he can make a difference. And so I think this is a great time, but for like a, like I say, a social experiment uh, where we can just look for a couple of things that we would like tweaked, changed, whatever it is that anybody would like to bring in to the to the table. Now you got me. I call it. Now you got yes. me crying. You got me crying over here. Well, and, and and it's because you have a soul, you know, and you have a soul, and and your soul has been banged up and bruised, but it's healing, and this is a journey. It's a journey for you to heal, and there's thousands of people that are going through this journey. My brother, like I said, 
he got out of prison and thank God he just got a, you know, out of pro parole. Um, and, you know, I, I saw my brother's situation go south fast and it was um, critical uh, for me to try to, to do whatever I could, but not necessarily because, you know, my brother had made some mistakes, but it's because like we had talked in the previous show, uh, once incarcerated, your the entire family is incarcerated, really. We are all living under that umbrella. Um, you know, is he okay or is she all right? You know, it, it's, and so we, it's a family affair. And so I think that having a, a plan of action moving forward and having the right think tank motivated people that want to engage, I think we can definitely put something together and um, I, I, will, I will lead the way. Um, and it's because Amen. I think that what you're doing is an honorable thing. And nothing that I've heard as of today has led me to believe that this is not of God. This is, this is this stems from the Holy Spirit, and I do believe that it must be tended to. My feet are pointed towards the Holy Spirit, and that's where I'm walking, that's where I'm engaging. So I think that is a, there's a great opportunity here for all of us to get some respite, even if it's just a little bit, I think that we can just keep going and going. And um, I, like I said, I always say this, we may not have it all together, but together we do have it all. I believe that. Ooh, yeah, I love that. I love that. And you use the word, you're, you use the word respite. And, and, and right now, I mean, we are, we are, you know, in the, the hot times of the, of the times for our for our convicts that are that are still locked up for our inmates offenders uh whatever you want to call them uh i call them convicts because of my just i've been locked up so long that i consider a convict like a there's like a little case system in my weird little head that a convict is someone that takes care of his business an inmate is someone that just 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 there not really doing much of taking care of anything he's just he's just kind of lost and then you got an offender and they are just even you know anyway my weird little way of thinking but anyway so i say convict but uh uh what i do want to say is that i want to come back uh I don't even think we're going to take a break. I want I want y'all to stay on. And Sandra Grace, I want you to speak up. I'm fixing to speak to uh, my girl uh, Adriana uh, wants to speak about mental health from the officer standpoint. And uh, and anyone that has anything else they want to say, y'all just message me on Messenger. It's on the line right now so that I can bring it up. But Adriana. I want you to go ahead and uh, uh, speak on what you wanted to say, and I want to kind of get Sandra Grace's uh, opinion on it uh, and when you're talking about mental health. Go ahead, Adriana. Okay. So I was a supervisor for almost six years within the agency, and mental health, just like um, in the majority of the quote-unquote free world, mental health is such a stigma, but like inside the walls of the prison, 
mental health is such a huge stigma. Um, speaking specifically for the officers, okay, so say say you're having a bad day and, you know, things are just going wrong and you call in. You can't even call in and say, I need a mental health day. Okay, so if you call in and say that, the supervisor who took that call in immediately has to initiate mental health protocols, which means you cannot be cleared to come back to work until you have been cleared by your doctor saying that you are psychiatrically well for work. So how many officers do you think are calling in for a mental health day? They're not going to. So they call in and they say, oh, I have a headache, I have cramps, my foot hurts, my toenail broke. Like they call in for random things, but they also, I mean, you know, like Ms. Dorothy was saying, if you don't know, you don't know. You know, if if, if you don't know what um, it feels like to go in and work, you feel, I remember going into work and just feeling smothered. I felt smothered by my administration. I felt smothered by the offenders because I couldn't, I couldn't help the way I wanted to because my administration wouldn't let me. Um, I couldn't help the way I wanted to because if I did, I'd be a quote-unquote friendly, uh, you know, hug a thug. Um, right, I, right. I couldn't, I, I couldn't help. Uh, and towards the end of my um, uh, incarceration, um, I just didn't care anymore. <laughs> That's right. Like, I just didn't care anymore. Like, if I saw somebody doing something, and it, it, it got really bad for me, which is one of the reasons why I quit. Um, my, hold on, let's go back to mental health and then I'll, then I'll jump trains. But, like, for for the officers, they go in and they cannot claim mental health issues because it's so stigmatized. And they have to do so much to prove they're mentally fit. Um, they have EAP and they have free therapists that they tell you the HR department will provide to you, and they don't. You, if you go in, right. you ask the H, you go in, you ask the HR woman for the information. She's like, "Why do you need it?" Um, I didn't ask you all yeah, that. Yeah, none of your business. Yeah, yeah, it's none of your business. And um, I mean, my my first. Um, my first husband, he he had to get clear through that, and it was a huge ordeal. It took him, like, almost two weeks without pay to get cleared to come back to work. And officers have things going on in their lives. I mean, I went through two divorces Who was on that? the unit. With Who was that, uh, Mr. Garcia? They, he was the second one. Dozier was the first one. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my um, girl, my girl Adriana Prince in the house. <laughs> but you, you, there's so much. You know, you have to leave your kids to come to work. There are times where my kids were sick, and I couldn't come to work as a supervisor. And then they would tell me, "Well, you're not about your job." Obviously, you don't care about this job because you called in. Uh, I've been here the last seventy-two and a half days, and you didn't care I was here, but I called in on day. Right, I care. I definitely I care, care about my kids more than the job. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, come on. As you should. As you should. But right. they put these officers in such 
a mind war. I mean, the administration plays mind games on the officers the same way the officers play mind games on the inmates. I mean, it, it all trickles downhill. I mean, it really does. But um, my niece got locked up for embezzlement. She did federal time, and she was pregnant during her federal time. And in between, I'd love to say for a year because I didn't know at the time, but the major on the unit had put um, a career hit out on me. He told my lieutenant to uh, write me up whenever he, he got the chance. And I didn't know that at the time. Um, I found out later. And so, and my niece got locked up in a federal prison. And so when I went back to the unit, as a correctional officer, I went back because I needed I needed the money. The money was good. You know, it, it's real nice to get almost $3,000 at the beginning of the month, um, depending on what your your, your, the state takes out, you know, that's, that's a nice hunk of money to live on, but it's not enough because I had two part-time jobs. Right, right. But when I, Shay, when I uh, uh, Adriana, I want to bring in uh, Tyler, my boy, just signed in. He's a current correctional officer, and he too wants to kind of speak a little bit about mental health before we have Sandra Grace kind of wrap us up. And so I want to okay. kind of bring him on. He just got off work. So I want to kind of hear his take on it, Adriana, and uh, sure, and and sure. we'll kind of see what uh, and 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 we'll kind of see what uh, what Sandra Grace has to say. I want to thank everybody for being on the show. We 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 didn't even take a break. We have not even taken a break, and we usually do. But anyway, uh, Christopher, could you bring Tyler on, please? Tyler. Tyler, what's going on, brother? Hello? Well, listen. While we're trying to get Tyler on the line, we are talking about a lot of different things, about bridging the gap, uh, and uh, we're talking about mental health. We have Sandra Grace Martinez on, who is a mental health expert and uh, who is a, a friend of Cell Life. And uh, she also has her own pod- podcast. And uh, Lo De uh, uh, I, 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 you'll have to tell me about it more, Sandra Grace. But uh, is Tyler on the line, Christopher? Am, am I on the line? I don't even know if I'm on the line. No, I'm still on the line. Yeah, you are. You're on the line. Okay, cool. I'm glad I okay, so he 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 must have had to go. So anyway, so Sandra Grace, uh look, I wanna know we still have a little bit of more time. I wanna go ahead and go around to everybody and get some of their last thoughts. Uh let's go ahead and go to Lauren. Lauren, if you're still on the line uh, just give me some last thoughts and what you would like to tell the audience and just what you would like to just share with us. Yeah, I'm I'm here. I'm listening. I, I agree cool. with, I mean, everybody has been amazing. Everybody. Everybody's got so many um, important points. Um, and, and that's kind of what I mean. I don't mean to sound like naive, like we all just need to get along, but Honestly, I can see just 
listening to these people speak um, from so many different walks of life, um, I can see this common ground where we can all put our heads together and come up with better conditions for the correctional officers um, so they're not overworked, underpaid. Um, You know, they're not having to take these mental health leaves. Like, that's insane, you know. I mean, and it's understandable in that line of work why you would need some sort of reprieve from that. Um, sure. But the fact that that's not offered, like, or it's not, it's not, um, it's not more utilized. Uh, that just blows me away, and that 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 shows what we're looking at. I think it it just kind of it uh, brings it to life, and if we can tie that in with with people that are ready to try to put some new laws together, like Sandra was saying, and um, we yes. can find ways to improve this system. And this is this is great stuff. We we are at a crossroads right now, and yes. you know, just like Sandra Grace was talking about, and we are going to take the road uh, that we're supposed to. And uh, uh, we, uh, you know, it, it sometimes the fight seems bigger than it is. Mm-hmm. And I believe, yeah. I believe that if we just keep continue to do the work, we put in the bill or the bill. Right. And we continue to do the advocating. We continue to do the, 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 the pushing forward. We continue to do the work that God has put in our heart to do. That God has right. assigned me to do. I ain't got no choice. Look, this is what I know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, yeah. uh, I, I'm, I've, I've been uh, uh, dedicated, sacrificed to this. Right. But right. I'm good with that. But I'm good with that because I'm right where I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be. So I really appreciate uh, 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 Lauren. I appreciate you being on. I wanted to ask Randy. If she has any last thoughts before we go, uh, Randy Lockhart, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, you got the floor, darling. If you got anything to say, just to close us out. Um, you're welcome. I I just think that I I mean I agree with everyone. I think the mental health of the officers is important um, because if they don't have good mental health, then they cannot interact with our loved ones efficiently. I also think the stigma of mental health is not going to go away in our society, but the guards have to get the help that they need if they need help. And if they are being required to go through testing to go back to work, I think that's not necessarily a horrible thing. I get it. They're not getting paid. That's that's the bad part. But I think that something needs to change there legislatively for them to get the help they need because working with officers, I mean, working with offenders that are in there for anything from, you know, embezzlement, bank fraud to child molestation or capital murder, it doesn't matter. They all, it's all a negative environment and they're in there, you know, however many 12 hours a day for how many days sitting next to all these people that are so negative, it has to wear on them. So I think there needs to be something, something there that changes. And I think that will help the gap between the offenders and the correctional officers grow smaller. Absolutely. I don't know. Um, 
I think that, you know, I think that changing legislation is the first and biggest step that needs to be taken. But I think that everybody needs to focus. And instead of having 42 ideas that we need to change, I think it needs to be five. Because if we are so spread out on everything that needs to be changed, we can't focus on putting five new bills into place and making them good bills and making them passable bills. Because, I mean, anybody could write a bill, but unless there's like some go get them behind it, we're not getting anywhere with that bill. So I think that, you know, all of those are good suggestions. I think they just need to be focused down and drilled down to the most important parts that will build a bridge between the two sides. Sure. Whether we want to admit it. I love that. I love that. I, I, I look, I think I really, look, you know, I've been talking with you. I've been talking with Lauren. I have been talking with uh, Adriana. I have been talking with Sandra Grace. I have been talking with other men uh, that are in this field. I've been talking with uh, Jason Wysong. I've been talking with Joe Harmer. All these people that really have a passion uh, for this particular for this particular uh, plight of 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 humanity, and uh, so uh, I'm really really excited about this show. I think uh, we've had a really good show. I think some people have shared some truly uh, uh, valid uh, issues that are that 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 we can truly work on. I'm so glad that uh, we have someone. Uh, that knows the arena, the movement, the way to navigate uh, a legislature uh, uh, and stuff like that. So I think we're at a really good place. I think if we can put a good plan together, we can make some changes that are better for everyone. Not Look, look yeah. we're not just – look, this is not about – Oh, we're, we're, we want to change for the convict. We want them to have great condition. No, we want to change things because we want to change things for their families, their children, their mothers, their fathers, and themselves. You know, this is a, this is, this is, this is serious, I agree. spider webs out into the entire community and whether you are directly affected by somebody incarcerated or your neighbor has a son that's incarcerated and he comes home and he's on parole and, you know, if he's done a good job, then he'll be a productive member of your community and he hasn't been, you know, or if we've done a good job as a society rehabilitating and reforming, then he'll come home and be right. a great person. But if we haven't, then he's going to come home and you're going to worry if, you know, your house is going to get broken into because he needs his next fix. And yeah. unfortunately, you know, I'm sorry, yeah. but that's just that's, the way that, it is. Hey, hey, that's um, straight up. Straight. Hey, this is, I, this I, is uh, unconventional radio. This is unconventional ministry. We telling the truth. I mean, I don't so know talk, how. Talk, Randy. <laughs> I don't know how other to say it than, you know, if we don't do better as a whole, as a society, as, you know, lawmakers, as, you know, advocates, I don't even call myself an advocate. I just help who needs to get help. Um, If we don't do better on all levels of this, we're going to have the guy that comes to rob their house every day. Every every parole is going to turn into that if we don't do better because they have nothing to come to. They have no 
sense of work, they they have nothing. Nobody's ever treated them like a human being. Everybody's treated them like trash. And I yeah. I've seen it with my dad. I told you I used to bet on on my own dad. Horrible. Yes, but um, I knew that he was going to go back in. I knew it because there was nothing in place to help him. Nothing. Right. Yeah. So I think that every 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 person's suggestion is is great. I just think it needs to be drilled down and focused. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need to mastermind. We need to do. Uh, uh, I don't know if anyone's uh, read Think and Grow Rich, but we need to begin to mastermind on this thing on a group chat where we where we come on where we come up with some concise. Uh, 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 complaints that we want to address. So I want to move on. Uh, thank you so much, Randy, for being on the show. I love you. You're my girl, man. Uh, 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 holla at me. Uh, I want to talk to my girl, uh, uh, my sister, uh, uh, Dorothy Patterson. I want to get her final uh, thoughts on this if she's still on. If not, we will move on to Sandra Grace. But, Dorothy, we have a few more minutes. I just want to kind of get your uh, final thoughts on how the show went and what your thoughts on are on how we can uh, make things better. Well, I'd like to say thank you, Michael, for everything that you're doing. I think you're doing a spectacular job of bringing light in the darkest places. I'd like to say to all the guests, you guys have been just phenomenal and have blessed me with the information that you shared and the compassion that you all have. It's just it is un, un, unbelievable. And being a mother who, um, first of all, loves God more than anything and has raised her two sons, the only two sons I have, having to experience this one going for what he did do and then one going for what he's alleged to have done and just still sitting there, it's like the good son and the bad son. But both of them are mm-hmm. sons, and I love them just the same no matter what. I can't. I can't say thank you enough for doing what you're doing. And Sandra Grace, God bless you. I had a show about putting bills into laws, and I tell you, I, I, I pray that this gets out to everyone out there so they can understand. We're having a hard time hearing you, Dorothy. I am. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me do this. Is that better? That is, is better. That better. Go ahead. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Um, I was just saying, Sandra, uh, Sandra Grace, um, I had a show about putting bills into laws, and I pray that people get and share because the information that you have given out to me and the rest of the listeners is is unprecedented information that needs to be shared by anyone who has a situation. It doesn't just have to be about incarceration. It can be about anything that you feel that's right. needs that's to be right. put in place about. The information that you're sharing, it is it is so needed and you're so graciously giving it to us without us having to go through all the stuff that you've had to go through to obtain the knowledge that you have freely shared. I just want to say, Michael, again, thank you and I pray that God blesses not only your mission, but every mission and endeavor that TPV Radio Network puts out because they have people on here here who are trying to do something for the masses. Amen, amen. Dorothy, you have have created 
uh, a little, uh, uh, you know, uh, I got on, Sandra Grace got on, we're all part of the family, and uh, this is a little rumble that you started. I'm very grateful, and you know that I love you, you're my sister, and and, and uh, I just want you to know that uh, I miss our uh, daily talks, so uh, I just want to let you know that, so uh, call me, or uh, shoot me okay, your shoot me your number. You know, because I've had problems Most with definitely. my phone, too. So I need that, Most and uh, I will be talking to you later. I'm going to move on and let Sandra Grace kind of close us out uh, before I pray us out. And if you'll go ahead, okay. uh, Sandra Grace, and just let us know. Thank you, Dorothy, for being on. I love you so much. And, uh, Sandra Grace, if you'll just go ahead and just give us your uh, final thoughts and just kind of talk about, uh, I guess, a little bit about the mental health. I don't know about the, uh, something that uh, – Adriana brought up. I don't know what where you're at right now, but go ahead. You got the floor, ma'am. Well, thank you again for having me on your show. And everybody that has spoken has spoken from their heart. And everybody has had a different uh, journey. Uh, and, and some journeys are, are more difficult than others, but it just sounds that everybody's journey here, you know, has, has just um, – it left uh, a mark, uh, and I don't want um, I don't want to ever minimize the power of speaking honestly. And I think that's what you allow is is we speak the truth. Uh, the the young lady who spoke about if we don't take care of of society, if society does not put forth the effort in rehabilitation then, uh, yes, you're going to have your, your house broken into because someone needs their next fix. I think that's very powerful because it is true. So I love right. that we can be honest here, and it, it, it is what it is. It's, um, it's raw honesty. But it's not honesty because we have nothing better to do. It's honesty because we are tired. We are emotionally, mentally, spiritually tired of having to face the same things over and over and over again and nothing changes. So it is, yes, my honor to help the, this, uh, this panel or anyone that is on board uh, joining a think tank to come up with uh, uh, bills that we can put, uh, even if it's just a soft bill. Um, you know, if it, sure. so it, it's always worth the, the time. And the, uh, you never know, you may just walk out with a bill that is actually signed by a governor and, and change, change the law and, and make, you know, make it better for We are going to, we are going to, I already know, I already know the think tank, the group of whatever, we are going to change. Hello, am I back on? I can hear you. Okay, good. I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, something happened. I got knocked off. But anyway, uh, Sandra Grace, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I don't know if my phone heated up. What y'all know, y'all know I'm working with a Walmart phone. Y'all know all this, I, you know, now I'm not a Walmart guy. 
Can you hear me? Can you hear me? You can't hear me. Yeah, we can hear you. I can hear you. Everybody, okay. Okay, <laughs> good. Well, then you can hear me. But, yeah, so so, so, so my stuff uh, sometimes uh, uh, gets heated up. So that's my, that, that might have been what okay. happened. Anyway, so anyway, y'all, uh, it's been a great uh, experience, a great show. Thank y'all so much for being on. Everybody that was on today, uh, Lauren, I want to thank Adriana. I want to thank Miss Dorothy. I want to thank Sandra Grace. I want to thank Randy. I want to thank all of y'all for being on the show today. Uh, now, this this show uh, is Cell Life. Uh, if you're not familiar with, with, with what we're doing, we're really trying to uh, make a difference in how the conditions of a man comes or a man when he's incarcerated, and especially when he is released, because I'm I'm a, a product of just recently being released this year. Uh, I am in a cell. I have built a cell in the free world, and I've been here. This is day 95. I'm bad on my numbers. I always have to look back at my last video. I think it's day 95 or 96, and uh, and. You know, we are filming from here. We are doing our podcast from here, and we are communicating and networking from here. And I really appreciate all of y'all. Uh, it is day ninety-six. I just got I just got checked by my uh, by my producer, and uh, it is it is day ninety-six. So uh, anyway, so yeah, so uh, we appreciate y'all tuning in today. Uh, I think we had a very good discussion on uh, some uh, great issues. I want to thank uh, all the ladies that tuned in. Uh, maybe we'll get Tyler on. Next week we will be talking. We will have a men's panel of uh, police officers, uh, correctional officers, because I'm going to have Tyler on next week for sure. Uh, and we are going to have people uh, that are have been incarcerated, and we're just going to have another conversation. And uh, uh, I might even uh, 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 ask uh, Sandra Grace to come back on because I really, really uh, love her perspective, and I think she adds a nice touch to the show. And uh, so, uh, you know, I don't know. Putting that out there, Sandra Grace. Anyway, I love. I hear you, brother. I know you do. I know. Uh, thank you. I'm just throwing that out there. You know, I really do, and I enjoy all of y'all. But we've got some good guys coming on next week that we're already planning, and I promise to have our flyers and stuff out earlier. I apologize for uh, putting them out so late uh, when I had such a great, wonderful panel on this week. Y'all, y'all are a joy to me, and please uh, uh, let me know what y'all think. Uh, contact me, message me. Look, our P.O. Box, we want to hear from convicts. We want to hear from your family members. We want to hear from people that are incarcerated. We want to uh, uh, hear from them. Our P, uh, uh, Cell Life, P.O. Box 1234, uh, Raymondville, Texas, 78580. Anyone can write into there. Uh, we have someone that process, processes those 
uh, uh, writings and gets back uh, to the uh, person, uh, the incarcerated person or anyone that writes in, and we will share their poems, their shout-outs, their, their thoughts on COVID, uh, their thoughts on just incarcerated, anything that we think is relevant. Of course, we're going to vet it. Uh, we know I've been there. So I know we can have some uh, some conspiracy theories uh, that uh, you know that I've been dealing with for 35 years in the prison system that I'm probably not going to share, but we will definitely share relevant information and uh, try to get that out. So anyway, I appreciate everyone being on the show: Sandra, Grace, Lauren, Randy. Uh, Adriana and Miss Dorothy, thank you so much. Uh, uh, Christopher, my producer, uh, uh, TPV Radio, uh, the Psalmist Voice, uh, uh, who allows me to uh, uh, have a platform to speak uh, uh, through what Christ has put in my heart, in my mind, in my soul, in my body uh, uh, to uh, just continue. To, uh, uh, fight for for myself uh, and and the people uh, that I left behind, uh, the God's people. There's a bunch of God's people in prison, and uh, you know, I want to I want to be a voice. I want to be a voice if I can, if they will allow me to be. If God will allow me to be a voice, that's what I want to be. So anyway, I love y'all so much. And uh, I thank y'all for being on the show. I thank everyone for listening in. If y'all want to see us every night but Sundays, uh, live at 9 p.m. Central Time, we'll be on Facebook on Michael Ceballos or Cell Life. You can catch us, and we'll be on a bunch of different uh, 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 prison websites or prison pages. But check us out. Uh, We also have a TikTok. And please go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're trying to get the word out. And it's our YouTube channel is Cell Life Prison on the Outside. Y'all have a great night, and we'll see y'all next week. I can't wait. We're going to have a great show. Everybody, I love y'all. Bye. Cell Life, Michael Ceballos. Love y'all. Thank you. to sell life with Michael Savalos right now on TPV Radio. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. TPV Radio, Central Texas. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.